Hi, welcome to the Happy Raccoon Podcast. This is episode two. In this episode I recorded a few weeks ago, I interviewed my good friend John Groves, who is the pastor of an Anglican church, uh, Anglican, Anglican church located here in Binghamton, New York. Uh, he and I share a fascinating conversation where he shares sort of his journey to Anglicanism. Uh, breaks down a little bit more of what Anglicanism is, because this is, of course, the first Anglican person I've actually ever met. Um, and I actually discovered really how closely it is to uh, classic Baptist Christianity. Uh, I really enjoyed my conversation with John. He and I go over a handful of different things. Uh, we have a couple of good laughs and a really good time together. John is uh, one of my very best friends in the world. Um, our wives grew up together um, here in uh, Northeast Pennsylvania. And so we met through our wives and now we're, uh, we're best of buds. So really enjoyed this episode with John. And I thank you so much again. Um, if you listen to the first one, thank you. If you're here for uh, the second episode, um, really, really appreciate it a lot. Um, Beck and I have put a lot of work into these, and we're just happy that you're here. Um, to learn more about uh, why we're uh, why we're doing podcasts and why we're doing all of this, um, head to happyraccoon.net to learn more about what it is that we're up to, um, or listen to episode one where I get a lot more into detail uh, as to uh, why we're doing these podcasts. So go check out episode one, head to happyraccoon.net. And again, I want to ask if anyone is interested in being on the podcast as a guest, I want to hear your life story. I want to hear your opinion on things. Head to happyraccoon.net, fill out the form uh, when you type, when you click on the big button that says uh, be my guest um yeah i'd love to have you guys on the podcast i'd love to talk to more people but for right now enjoy this episode i really appreciate you being here and i look forward to uh, seeing you guys soon i get real bored real quick but when it's mario i man i will play mario till i beat it and i would just i'll just be playing mario i have wow. just mario odyssey Mario Kart and Zelda. So you're just like you're you're a classic video game player. Yeah, yeah, I am. But like my brother, he loves video games. He loves Call of Duty. He like he, he really? always play those. And I never really got into them. Yeah. But I love just sitting down and watching him play video games. Yeah. And I, I, wonder, I like I'll look up video games like like playthroughs on mm -hmm. on like YouTube. I love watching those. Really? Yeah. So I love video games. I just don't play them. <laughs> That's odd. Yeah. Do you know? Weird. Have you heard of Call of Duty Warzone? Yes, I've heard of. You yeah, heard of it? I've heard of so, it. So, so Matthew, my little brother, and I, he and I play Call of Duty Warzone all the time, which is not not a great like every thing. Every night. Um, I would say it, it used to be, and it, like, I swear that that Activision, that's the developer. We're, yeah. we're recording, by the way. I just went in and I flicked it yeah. on. Okay. Um, I just want to give you that heads up, that common courtesy. But um, I swear, Activision um, may have something, may have had something to do with the COVID pandemic because, um, yeah, because um, it, Warzone came out and didn't have a ton of traction. And then um, the COVID pandemic hit and everyone was stuck at home, nothing else to do. And so overnight, Call of Duty Warzone seemed to like blow up. And so it's basically, apparently it's actually a really common like concept in that it's like a battle royale, and so everyone drops in on this map, and you collect weapons, and you call them loot, right? You collect loot, and you get your guns, and you can get, like, your custom guns you can buy from, like, the buy station. And, and so, and then you basically just fight other people. Until... It's not like other Call of... That sounds just like other Call of Duties to me. Well, what's different, <laughs> what's different is that, you know, those ones, like, you're in, like, a map, and you have, like, a set time, 
and you respawn and whatnot. Whereas the battle royale or the war zone is more that you fight other players and you die and then you go to the gulag <laughs> and you fight again and then if you die then you're out and you're mm-hmm. out of the out of the game. And so the whole goal there's a hundred and like seventy players or like something like that. And so and the map slowly converges in and it's called like this this gas. And so you have to keep like going closer and closer and in this sort of Hunger Games esque type of thing. And so until the very end and then it's last. And I tell you what, and I and I am I am embarrassed to share this with you. So okay. I tell you what, my first game that I ever won playing Call of Duty Warzone, my adrenaline had not pumped that hard <laughs> in my adult life. <laughs> like when you're in that in the final circle and and this guy comes over the speaker right there's just it's just like this random like dirty british guy that is you don't like see him but he's just kind of like always in your ear while you're playing mm-hmm. and he's like this that's how i describe him he's like a dirty british man so he's got like this accent that's really bad accent but you know you're the final circle and he's like you know one team left <laughs> kind of thing and you're left to fight these people and and you know once you kill them then then they're out and you win the game and this helicopter comes in and it picks you up and and it's like this victorious ending yeah and at the very end of the game anyone that stuck around to watch the ending they get to we get to all like yell at each other and chat in the end and it's exactly how you would expect it to be in that like oh like i banged your mom like <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. how you would right. anticipate it being yeah um <laughs> But we started playing that game probably in like March of of twenty twenty, right when the pandemic really oh, got gosh. really got good. Yeah. You know, right when the plot started right. to head in, into the movie of twenty twenty. Yep, yep. That's that's when we started playing, and we pl- we played probably like six days a week oh my at, gosh. at that point, maybe even seven. I'd say. Does it have a campaign, or is it just an online? It, I mean, the platform. the Call of Duty itself has a campaign, but Warzone is actually like its own thing, and that oh. Warzone is actually free. You can you can download it for oh. free. It sounds like that other game. What's that other game? Um, Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Fortnite was like the grandfather mm-hmm. of that game, and and I'm not proud of the amount <laughs> of time I've spent it. But it's actually like really cool is that Matthew um, and I are like really, we were always, we've always been really close, mm-hmm. but he lives, um, obviously in California, like 28,312 you know, 12 miles away. Yeah. And so being, staying close to him is, is, is tough, but yeah. especially when I got a wife and kids now and keep up and everything like that, mm-hmm. you know, but we're something in a really fun way. Yeah, now. Like we just hop on, he sends me memes from the game and there's like, we've had some like really comical moments because when you, when you kill someone in the game, um, they have like a five second window that like when you kill them they can say something to you and i swear that activision developed it in a way that it was just like we just want like as much content to come out of this that's gonna end up on like social media and memes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that see sometimes you'll kill someone and like they won't speak a word of english and they'll be like some like you know asian person that's funny in its own right (laughs) that's funny in its own right and then sometimes it's like like a seven-year-old And they'll just yell some like word that like man when I was seven I never said that. This is people that if you kill them they get to say something to yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. And I, everyone I it'd be funny if you get to say someone Trust me. Say something everyone wants that. Yeah. Everyone wants 
both people would have like five seconds like i would love it if when you killed someone they get five seconds and then after their five seconds is up you get five seconds to respond i would love that (laughs) like there's no better way to set the world on fire (laughs) than to do that um but we have man we have such great memories (laughs) Oh my gosh. Playing that game. That's great. You have to have something like that to yeah. stay in touch. And... Yeah, it's a ton of fun. And and there have been nights where I stay. I mean, I, I don't really anymore because now I have two kids and yeah. and whatnot. It was different when Haven was like, you know, eight months old and, and whatnot. But now we have, a you know, a newborn and so staying up late. I, I, I used to just no problem stay up until like midnight, even with Haven, one o'clock in the morning, no problem. And now that we have like a newborn, I mean, you have a what, eight yeah. months old today, right? Seven today. Seven yeah. months old today. So you, you get it. I mean, yeah. Suddenly when the clock strikes like 930, you're just like beat. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, when right? I left the house, Angel was just like laying on the couch, like just dead. Yeah. With her phone. Like, All right, I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's uh, it gets yeah. that time in the night where yeah. Are nothing, you guys... nothing interesting is happening now. Yeah. Do you guys think you'll have more kids? Oh, yeah. 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 I want. It, well, I would have as many as she would allow me. But, yeah, right. Uh, it's, it's it's more her call. It's more her call. But yeah. we have we've decided, unless some unless things change, to have three or four. We both. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of a, a good number. Yeah. So here's how I think about it. Okay. Right? Um, we have a boy. I really want a girl. Um, mm. and I mean I love my boy. I'd yeah, be fine yeah. if I have all boys. Uh, but I really want a girl. And so let's say if we get uh, if we have another baby lord willing and it's a boy then we're definitely going for a third well we're definitely going for a third either way uh but if that third baby is a boy Mm. then i really want to try for a fourth to see if Mm. we can get a girl but if that third baby is a girl i'd be happy having two boys and a girl all right now what if that fourth baby is a boy you guys dropping the mic done or do you think there's a conversation for five because five is an elite level of children. <laughs> it's elite. When you there can, is a level. Yeah, when you yeah, can feel you the, go up. When you can feel the basketball team out of your kids, that's that's an intense and level of And you got all guys. Like, yeah. You got to have all, if you had uh-huh. five boys, that'd be pretty sick. Um, yeah, I don't, army. I have no idea. I, so if we had a fourth boy, I, I would, I would be, uh-huh. I'd be happy being done. And I know Angel would be too. And Angel would be a great all boy mom. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about that, man. That'd be insane. Um, it would be pretty cool having four boys and then one girl, but yeah, that would have its own advantages for sure. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. What I can what I can say for sure is that having a girl has been awesome for me, mm-hmm. and I don't know any different. Um, but I actually like I kind of had like a moment of like realization, like when <clears throat> like when it comes to, like loving your kids, the best way to describe it to me anyway is that there's nothing else to compare it to like like the love of Jesus is the closest thing and that's pretty uncomprehendable mm-hmm. and that's kind of how i feel about like my love for for my daughters but what i realized recently or like even like just this last week is that the love is so crazy and so just like undescribable and there's nothing in my life i could have compared it to except for for the love of Jesus but to me it's it's just like the crazy connection i have have with them it's just that like I, i've had moments and i had moments like i like no shame like i've I, like teared up her crying mm-hmm. because i like, just overwhelmed with emotion but like there's yeah. been times where where haven and i will just be like wrestling and we'll hear like becca coming into the room and she'll she'll get into into character right and she'll stomp her feet 
and then you just you know, Haven just gets super crazy <laughs> and we'll both hide under this blanket and she remember one time she grabbed me by like the back of my head she grabbed me and she just looked me in the eyes and she just smiled and she just held that smile and I just started crying <laughs> of course <laughs> like I just started crying because it's just like when you like just like see like your your kids joyful is like one of the most like incredible mm. feelings for me and I guess it's not it's not at all specific to being like having girls um and I think there's things that, like you know <laughs> I'm already seeing some like really high emotion like tendencies from Haven and I'm like I wonder if it'd be the same for a boy it's just mm. like like she wants like this specific color of spoon kind of thing yeah I don't really know if it's specific to to girls as it is to boys but um that's one thing that like has been on my heart like this last week is like man it's it's like I love my kids like crazy, but what I'm seeing really stand out is just like the crazy connection yeah. I have to them because Haven and I are like, and Len Lennon too, but it's different because Haven and I have bonded so much. Whereas right. like Becca, I have my friend Brian um, described it best to me is that like when the baby is conceived and the mom is like aware of the presence of the baby, the bonding almost immediately starts, and that like heavenly connection starts pretty immediately. But when this is what he described to me, right? I don't take any credit for this because I'm not this, you know, wise with words. But, <laughs> but when you know, the baby, you know, is born, that's a lot more. I will start feeling the connection, and that's 100% how it's been. Like I can tell you 100%. And anyone that says otherwise is either just not me, or they're lying, or maybe truly is different for everybody else. But for me, um, it was like. A, a gradual growth of love and connection with Haven and that like I loved her I would like push anyone in front of a train for her <laughs> if I needed to mm-hmm. but it was like over the course of the last like 19 months like I have like grown this crazy connection to Haven mm-hmm. and that like you know whenever I enter her room and she goes like daddy and runs to me and gives me this hug it's like nothing, nothing like it nothing yeah. like it in the world yeah for yeah. sure right yeah I mean even with Sawyer obviously he's you know he's only seven months but he he just even with that like today I came home from from work and he was playing with Angel and then I came in and he's just on his belly and he looks up and he just smiles I'm like yeah I'm so okay with my life yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. I know it really does put in perspective too because sometimes like you just want things to be a certain way and your ambitions get in the way and then like I've had so many moments of being a dad where it's like you all of a sudden just realize that like my only intention in life is to glorify the Lord and is to be this kid's parent. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm totally okay with that. Right. And not in like a T-ball dad way, but I'm right. going to put all of my ambitions into like this kid in that like, I will drop everything to make sure that like I raise this kid right yes. and like love them and like, yeah, yes. there's yes. nothing like it. I just love it. Yeah. I think we're done with two. Really? Yeah. No more. Oh, Becca's already pulling out pulling out the V word, vasectomy. Oh man. Yep. She's already already pulling. Yeah, I don't know if honestly if doctors will let me. (laughs) Twenty four years old. No, I don't know, man. I don't. A lot of them might not, because I've heard, um, like a family of Becca's, you know, for HIPAA reasons, I won't say their name, but they got a vasectomy and they're in their thirties, and the doctor almost didn't do it because they felt that they were still too young. What if they change their mind and they still want kids after? You know, like well into their thirties, and he has like four or five. You so can snip it back. I mean, you could, yeah, you could always reverse it. But yeah. anyways, yeah, you know, Becca's like, I went through, you know, two labors, two babies. You could go through. <laughs> yeah, you could go through 
<laughs> you go through a little snip snip. I know. Yeah, she jokes me. Yeah. She'll, she'll go snip snip. Like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I guess I just thought that they would do it because of a lot of the population control yeah. <laughs> that's going on. Yeah, you right. Know, all this propaganda to have one child, you know, do the world some good and build yeah. more babies. Yeah, My right. goal is to not heed that. <laughs> yeah, right. Just have as but, many as you can. Yeah, but yeah, you got to, I mean, you got to do what is is right, is right by your wife. <laughs> yeah, I know. She does have a lot of pull in that circumstance. I, I, have, I have asked a lot of her body to bear my two children, and, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe the vasectomy is fair. <laughs> we'll see. I, I, I would like to hold off a little while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't do great with, with anything medical-wise, so... Well, didn't she... Uh, you guys... Were for a while just thinking one, yeah. And then Leonard. so so Becca's first pregnancy was awful. Um, she was sick the entire time, um, nausea and I just it was it was really really bad. Um, pregnancy is not fun for anybody. Um, a lot of people say they love being pregnant. They're liars. <laughs> I think I, I I've never been pregnant, but um, from what I saw from from Becca she hated it and it was really really bad and it was really rough to see and so yeah it felt like before before haven we were probably thinking something yeah two three four maybe you know if we get crazy but after one becca was like i'm done Done and then and then uh and then i think haven was like six months old maybe seven months old and we started to see this little personality develop and she just loved other kids and that's when we were like shoot this kid needs a sibling <laughs> really bad. Mm-hmm. So we started talking about it and, you know. I'm prophesying right now you'll have more. Are you? Yeah. All right. Mark the calendar. Mark the calendar. Yeah. Was it February 5th? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what John, what John prophesies. I don't know. I'm just picturing you, you guys saying, so we're having a third. That's kind of what we told you the, the last time. I know. Yeah. Because Angel was like nine months pregnant, I think. Mm-hmm. Had to have been. Really? I remember she was like, she, you guys were for, were pretty close. I don't think, I'm, I'm doing the math in my head, if Sawyer's seven months, you said? Mm-hmm. Then that could yeah. be the case because Lennon is, no. is a few weeks old. So, yeah, you guys were like seven seven or eight months pregnant. I don't know. It was pretty pretty far along. Yeah. And we broke it to you. Yeah, right over dinner. Man. On Bachelor Mondays. Bachelor Mondays. Yeah, I miss Bachelor Mondays. I do too, actually. I, I do miss Bachelor Mondays. And I'm not even watching The Bachelor with Angel now, though, because I'm doing school. And so I just... Uh, you're so swamped. I'm like, I got I to gotta do school. Which, oh, man. You know, There's some real pieces of work in this season. Yeah. I, I mean, I watched the first two episodes, I think, with her. Okay. And uh, I was like, man, I, these ladies are... Yeah, I can't. My gosh. Yeah, there are a lot. Becca and I have never watched that show for more than like five minutes without just like it's all about the irony of it. Like we just like so funny. Yeah, it is. It's great entertainment. Oh, it's fantastic. It it gets you. I mean, invested in the people, even though deep down you're not really invested in them. Yeah, it's pretty. It's good entertainment. It's probably why the show's been so successful for so long because. It like caters to people like Beck and I who are just like want to see like just drama. We want to see girls cry. Mm-hmm. We want to see embarrassing things. Cat fight. Yeah, we're just yeah. there for the irony of it. But there is people who genuinely like care about these people as people. <laughs> like want to see them. On Instagram. Want to see them fall in yeah. love and like you know hey more power to them if that's how you want to watch. We watch it to watch girls cry and fight. Yeah. They're also just getting paid. 
on yeah. a TV show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's pretty obvious who's there. And, like, yeah. they all show up with a strategy. It's pretty obvious. Like, I'm going to dress a certain way or do something really stupid. That's yeah. going to get me along X amount of weeks. I'm pretty sure they get paid per episode that yeah. they're on or how long their stay is. So, sure. like, there was one in the very first season I ever watched – it was it was Nick Viles. He's like, hey, look, I know this. That's We're great. just casually chatting about it. But <laughs> this girl shows up in a shark costume. And to this day, I just think that like she just wanted to be there as long as possible. Yeah. The girl that shows up in the shark costume costume doesn't get sent home the first night. No. <laughs> this is not how no. producers are definitely. We're keeping that one and yeah. keeping that one. And I'm convinced that how many how many girls are there at, at, on the first night? Twenty something. There's like something maybe like that. Even more. Twenty five. I'm convinced that the Bachelor or the Bachelorette in that first night are interested in just like five. And then they say oh, yeah. who they can send home and who they can send home. That's how I would that's be. That's exactly, I think that's what it is. I would know almost right away. Yeah. If like, right. I, I can never imagine myself in that scenario being that yeah. I'm like 5'9", realistically I'm probably 5'8", but I convince myself in the mirror every morning that I'm 5'9". <laughs> I'm like 5'9", the most average dude ever. It's just picturing myself on that show is just comical. But um, Especially with this new guy who's like 7 feet. Yeah, he was like this like kind of guy that you just you don't really see in real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, that guy's not real. Not, yeah, he's not real. But, um, but that's how I would be. I would know like almost instantaneously. Just like when people show up like, oh yeah, I, I like those ones. Those ones not so much. Just the way they carry themselves. But... Um, <laughs> That's yeah, so it's. Funny. I know the producers have a lot of pull. That's for sure, oh, yeah. and and they they have contracts that include like you can't like tell stories or write a book about anything that happened for X amount of years. Well, that mm-hmm. that statute of limitations is starting to, to come up in that in those contracts. So these like tell alls are coming out, and Ooh, so a lot of these tell alls will say like, yeah, like the Bachelor said, hey, you can't get rid of that person. We want to have them on for for additional weeks because, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, and, and I mean, anyone that watches that show that has, like, a dozen brain cells knows that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, you just don't, like, you don't often see the girl that causes the most problems being sent home because they want that person there as long as possible. There's a plant in this new one, like a for sure plant. You think? Yeah. The, um, the, the, the girl who doesn't even have a job, it's, like, under her name, it just says uh, Queen. Oh, Victoria. Victoria, yeah. She's a plant. You think so? She got sent home. Oh, she did? Yeah, she got sent home in the most recent one. Maybe she's not. Yeah. Or maybe she was a plant. Yeah, she's so bad where it's just like, you just, someone sent you there to cause problems. And then as the episodes go on, she looks really, really tired. And so my theory to Angel was, she's a plant. She doesn't want to do this. She turned off comments on her Instagram, right? She really doesn't mm. want to do this, and she's losing sleep over it because wow. it's just it's hurting her. But she's wow. got to do it because she's getting paid. You think so? Good money. That's my theory. I would love to be, that, be in that theory. role. Again, impossible to imagine, <laughs> but imagine, like, The Bachelor or the, the Bachelorette, and I show up as a plant, and I just cause all sorts of drama. Yeah, but at the same time, you're tarnishing your... Your image. I don't care. You know, in front of millions of people. I'll go up to someone, I'll slap them right in the face (laughs) (laughs) on TV because to me. America hates you. (laughs) Yeah, to me, there's. That would be just undefeated. That would be the, like, the single coolest thing I ever do is is I'm a plant on one of the corniest but most long running reality shows of all time. Yeah. And I just go and I slap some guy on the face just to cause more drama. I would yeah, fit in that role really well. You'd be famous, that's for sure. Yeah, I would. Yeah. You would, I mean, you'd get other gigs and. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. I am I'm wish I could do that. Hey. I really could. I don't think my wife would let me go on the show. 
So are you going to invite any of these tell-alls onto your podcast? I would love that. Honestly, tell me it all. <laughs> That'd be so fun. <laughs> a two-hour-long episode. Just have, just have the queen on here. Just oh, let, her, let her tell man. me. Yeah. I should. I invite should reach out. I mean, well. shoot your shot. If they say no, they say no. You could try. I would love to have her on here because then I could ask her about my theory and just see. Yeah. Like, were you actually that much of a... You know. Insert word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, again, that's my theory is that she went in, you know what, I'm not into this Matt guy, but I would love to be on this show four or five more times from here. So I'm going to be there. I'm going to stay as long as I can, and then I'm going to be on, like, The Bachelor in Paradise. And she will be, 100%. 100% she'll be on a couple more shows. Yeah, she did some so damage. So if she's not a plant, she played it perfectly, and that she'll be she'll be back. If she's not a plant, she may not be a human. Like, that's, Maybe. Like, that's that was some crazy behavior. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't even watch some of the episodes. Yeah, I, I like, wonder I what can't. it's like for parents to watch their children like that on that show. I wouldn't. I would love to watch a parent watch their children on that <laughs> yeah. show. That's a, that's a uh, TV show I could get behind. Yeah, I, I would 100%, yeah, 100% get behind that. Dude, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, John, um, we've known each other for what? I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know. <laughs> well, I've, I've lived here in this state or this area two and a half, almost three years, I think. Yeah, but... When did we? I th- when did we actually start hanging out? When we started hanging out, I'd say like a little over a year ago, because we started watching The Bachelor. Yeah, it wasn't it twenty twenty. It wasn't twenty twenty. Yeah. Right? It so was, I remember, I remember meeting you. I might have met at the Hartford Fair. That's when we met. Okay. Yeah. And you, you know, had a bandana on. Did I? Yeah, I was like, man, who is this guy? It's <laughs> embarrassing. A little. I don't know why. You had a bandana on. I think I think Becca did too. We might have. Like, um, who is this guy? Yeah. So. um... Yeah, I get that a lot. Like, like moving from like the greater Los Angeles area to this area, mm-hmm. you get a lot of why in the world kind of questions, which are very fair often, especially when it's just snow on the ground for three weeks straight here. Yeah. But um, yeah, we met at the Hartford Fair, I think. Just for a few minutes. Yeah, and... but I immediately was drawn to you guys because I was such a fish out of water feeling like mm-hmm. I was at the Hartford Fair and they're doing these like tractor pulls. Yes, totally. And totally I was weird. just like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> Cause like the fair I'm familiar with, it's like, yeah, it's like you just go and it's just like something to put on your Instagram. I mean, that's the whole state of California. It's just, like you do things mm-hmm. so that you can put it on your Instagram and that's okay. I guess if that's your thing. Um, but I think what I really liked about, about it, you guys, you and Angel, your wife Angel, is that you guys carried yourself a certain way that it just reminded me a little bit more of home. And that, yeah. like, you guys aren't there, like, overdoing it with, like, overalls and a cowboy yeah. hat. Yeah. And, and which you're from Texas. So, like, right. <laughs> in a way, you would have been justified to do that. You could show up. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing my Texas voice a little bit. <laughs> you show up and do your, your, your man Texas voice. But you guys felt like the most just, like, homey to me in a way and that like these guys are like some people that like I would know from like my church or like yeah which is really refreshing that's, which was refreshing cool. for me because um yeah I was immediately drawn to you guys because of that and I was like man like those guys remind me of home in a way and I was starting to feel a little homesick at that time I think I, was, I had lived here for a month or so and uh and yeah so we met we met there I moved here from Simi Valley California which is like maybe like 45 minutes from LA like we 15 minutes from L.A. County. Mm-hmm. Um, you moved here from, like, the greater Fort Worth area mm-hmm. of Texas, right? Yeah, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, which is just a huge metroplex. Yeah. Um, Fort Worth and Dallas, 
proper they're like an hour exactly mm-hmm. an hour away from each other but everything in between is just is is suburbs uh mm. towns and stuff um and uh yeah we so we lived closer towards fort worth but now my i mean almost all my family is in dallas proper mm. um like downtown or not downtown i think uptown dallas okay. uh but yeah i moved well i was born there and then when i was five we lived for a few years in missouri mm. my dad was a, a associate pastor yeah associate pastor at a baptist church with my my grandfather my grandfather was the pastor but then we were there for about six years and then we moved back to texas and then i uh left texas to go to virginia for liberty okay and i was there for college so there you go that's whenever i left okay the motherland so what was it like? so did you move here directly from liberty or did you go back to Texas for a whole time? No, I didn't go back to Texas. That was an option, but I that was like my last option. Not that I love Texas, mm-hmm. um, but I was always, I, I always liked the idea of going off and doing my own thing mm-hmm. and just in, and uh, planting my feet somewhere yeah. new, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was after my junior year of college, I came up here for um arrowhead so for right. for a, a summer job and then that's where i met angel I, mm-hmm. and then we started dating i went back finished my senior year and i worked at liberty for uh about half a year and then we received the uh invitation to come and work full-time up here and so okay. that's whenever that's okay whenever we moved. gotcha yeah, yeah yeah so what was it like transitioning to here so like you show up day one in arrowhead Arrowhead. Arrowhead. Explain Arrowhead real quick. What that is? Yeah. So Arrowhead is a a camp for adults with developmental disabilities. Okay. And so they run uh, ten weeks out of the summer, or day before COVID. Ten weeks out of the summer uh, for all adults uh, with special needs. I think the youngest camper I ever recruited was fifteen, hmm. and the oldest camper that summer was 92 wow so it's a range yeah yeah so um yeah and everyone has uh disabilities uh they they run two-week programs for people uh who can be on like a five to one counselor ratio mm-hmm. and then we we had weeks that were one to one for people with severe disabilities that you were the counselor was with them mm-hmm. for uh 24 7 mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah so like I said, my personality was one that thrived in a new environment mm-hmm. apart from support from family. Yeah. I, I was just able to. That's great. Yeah. That's a good just, thing. Just kind of plant my feet. And so whenever I got here, I was I was just excited to be in a new place. I was yeah. newly married. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I liked the change. I, I liked yeah. that. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't, I mean, when I went to college it wasn't I, I never felt homesick it wasn't hard for me hmm. it was the same thing when I came up here I wasn't yeah. homesick it, it wasn't a really hard transition yeah. um and uh yeah I don't really think about it too much it's totally different it was a totally different uh world and yeah. culture that's for sure because I come from more of the city yeah uh and uh and then now I'm I was in the woods yeah know? uh which right. you know in missouri we we lived out in the country a little bit more but mm-hmm. um most of my life was in the suburbs yeah and so yeah different culture and then angel i mean 
Her mm. parents live, ba- I mean, backwoods Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Like as backwoods as you can get. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I, I loved it because it was, yeah. new, it was new, new. And it was different. Sure. And uh, I, I, I remember thinking, we moved up here and newly married, and I was like, you know what, this is my new life, and yeah. uh, I love it. Huh. So and I always have. I think it. My life has been, um, in such a constant pursuit of normalcy, that I've actually like missed out on like the excitement of like the adventure i guess Mm. and so i almost like missed out on like how great that is so whereas you were like thrilled to like try out new places and and go new do new things i kind of grew up in an environment where that was sort of constantly the case we're like moved to new guinea when i was like six seven or eight somewhere in that range we moved back in sort of my you know early teenage years um and in between, we were moving around all sorts of places, all sorts of different houses and different areas of New Guinea. Mm. And so I finally, like, I feel like for a long time, I've been pursuing, like, just a place of my own or like a, yeah, I guess just like an, like a, a place where I could really sink my feet in. Mm. And so, so for me, when I decided to move out here, so I was, I was working um, at this company, um, great money. I mean, for, for my, you know, my age and, and my experience, I was doing really great in California, um, working at a, in a professional office in marketing, which is something I'm still doing now. Um, and I actually got laid off of that job. And that was like an extremely life altering moment for me. Um, and I remember, I remember the drive home having like the utmost panic because I didn't, I still, I don't really have much to fall back on. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have a college degree in that area. I'm self-taught, which has its own advantages, but has a lot of disadvantages too. I always said that like, like you don't need college to be successful. You you often, a lot of of people, depending on the personality type, a lot of people need college to teach them a lot of like life lessons that I did, don't have. I still don't have some of them and I'm still trying to pick them up. A lot of things just like organization skills and time management skills that I'm continuing to develop. But I had like that panic set in of, oh, I've been working so hard to sink my feet in um, and have a sense of normalcy and a life for myself. Uh, I was renting this great two bedroom condo in California. Um, at my age, like being able to do that is like, you know, <laughs> Really? I don't even want to ask yeah. how much that was. I, at the time, I think I was 20, 20 years old, 21 years old, um, way ahead of way ahead of my of my years. And I remember like driving home, like just like, like what in the world am I supposed to do now? Because I don't have a resume built up enough where I could go and just hop on another job. I don't have the college education enough um, to, I, I remember just like, like, what in the world do I do? And at the time, um, Beck and I had had sort of our tr- friendship was sort of transforming. You know, we had met several years prior to that at Bible school and met in Jackson, Michigan. So we were as we were starting to, you know, um, develop that friendship into something a little bit more on the romantic side of things. That all happened, and then I remember just being like devastated. And it was almost like immediately the Lord started like opening doors. Um, like it was to the point where like I was wandering down like a hallway and doors started opening for me that I would just walk through because they were open and it just felt like the Lord was just sort of like guiding me in a really, really <laughs> awesome way. Yeah, like a little toddler just. Yeah, right, but this way. I remember like on that drive home having the panic and it was probably about like maybe 30 minutes because that job was in Los Angeles. 
So going back to Sini, um, in that 30 minutes, that panic set in, the realization set in of how screwed I was. Um, and then the decision was made almost on that drive home that like, I'm going to have to leave the state of California at some point because being able to survive in that state without a college education, without like a plan is really difficult to do. And so I was like, I think I'm going to need to leave the state of California. I didn't really know what that looked like at the time. The obvious choice was like Phoenix. Mm -hmm. That's where my, my grandparents um, and my uncle live in that greater, my grandparents are more towards Tucson, but my uncle and aunt are in Phoenix. I adore them. I love Phoenix. I thought, okay, Phoenix is probably a realistic option for me. Started thinking of connections I might have that I might be able to call and get another job, whatever. As Beck and I's relationship started to intensify, you know, I actually ended up flying her out to California, which is extremely irresponsible because I didn't have a job and I spent a ridiculous amount of money trying to impress this girl. <laughs> and I was doing stand-up comedy and I was making some money doing that. Um, not a lot. You don't make really any money until you're making a ton of money. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but she, she flew in and, and, uh, and it was almost like, it just became very clear to me that like, wherever she's at, that's where I want to <laughs> be. And so that's how I kind of made the leap to move here. And that all transpired within like, like a seven month time period wow. um, to do that. So and you, okay, so you moved, you moved up here. Did you did you have a job set in place? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. I had a job set in place that did not work out. <laughs> I How long it. were you there? <sighs> like six weeks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so people out here obviously extremely different than I was. I I, I feel like I'm I'm a very normal dude now. When I came out, I was a little bit more like wearing bold. bandanas. Yeah, I was bold, <laughs> a little more bold with my fashion, and so I won't. I won't say who this was or what their businesses. will tell you later if you want to know off of off of Mike. But I started coming, and he just thought it was like funny to make like like homophobic like slurs at me, and like <laughs> I mean, there's two types of f words. Mm-hmm. One of them is used exclusively in like war movies mm-hmm. during intense moments, and the other ones are used to slander homosexual people right. <laughs> and he thought it was okay to use the latter okay um and i just like to me it was just an abomination in a way it's just such yeah. a terrible word yeah um and and i ended up quitting because i was just like this is just like I, I couldn't believe like he's one of the most <laughs> difficult people i have not seen him since i haven't seen him around he's a he's a very um pretty big businessman around here like i don't, I don't know if you would have heard of him or any or his businesses, but um, yeah. Like after living here for a few years now, I expect more out of that individual. <laughs> yeah, but My is peace, yeah, so I will ask later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was just not not a good situation for me. And and when you move across the country, um, you know, I was living by myself in a, a pretty crappy apartment in Binghamton, New York. On Leroy Street, no one warned me that Leroy Street was like where all like sororities and and fraternities are at. Oh no! So way. I was like next door to like a fraternity, I think. And so it'd be like a Tuesday at three o'clock in the morning, and they're still like partying like right below my window. It was awful. So to have all that going on and then go to work, I was so depressed <laughs> for so <laughs> what long. Have I done? And so all that leading up to 
that ended up falling right into what I actually met you and Angel for the first time. And that's why I initially was so drawn to you guys. Because like, like, that was like just my little glimpse of home was just talking to them because you guys like were <laughs> most like similar to, to, to home people that I had met. And just the way that you guys carry yourself. like, yeah. and, and still still to this day, like I don't know of anybody. Because um, there is like... Um, I wouldn't say there's a Northeast Pennsylvania culture, um, but there is something about the people of, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. Right. Great. Right. Um, and I've grown to love that more and more, but for you and Angel to be like the, a little bit more like the people from my home state, it was like a really like relieving, relieving thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> so no. I don't know if you knew that. that I didn't but, know that. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Angel, um, always thought it'd be great to marry someone from like a really cool place. Hmm. And and then you know I said I was from Dallas and apparently that was cool enough so <laughs> she thinks it's cool that I there you lived go in Dallas there yeah. you go and she said she's said that you know if when we retire she would love to move down there so all right I think it's I think it's um, a little bit funny that both of our wives had to marry out to a yeah. different state had to sub out the different state because the selections around here selections is slim um, slim picking in quantities and qualities yes there's only yep. a few available. Like, even now, it's just funny because I don't really know how long we'll be here. And, and you guys just moved to Binghamton. You guys bought a house in Binghamton. Yeah, so you guys yeah. are kind of planning your feet a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Binghamton's a little bit more populated than where our wives who, who grew up together at, and going to youth group and all that stuff together. Um, you know, in that youth group, it's kind of like the exclusive circle. And you it almost is. can start making predictions yeah. like, well, who are these people going to marry one day? And so even going to South and Milford, it was, was the name of the church for people listening. Um even going now, I, I just kind of like laugh looking around the room. It was like <laughs> yeah. these like really dorky teenage girls and the really dorky teenage boys. They're going to be forced to marry each other because there's nobody else here. Or yeah. they'll have to sub out to Dallas or Sea right. Valley. <laughs> yeah. yeah. you got to look outside. Yeah, yeah. 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 No. And then Angel will point out certain people that she went to high school with. And I was like, man. Yeah, there's no, there's no way <laughs> yeah, that yeah. you were not going to yeah, get you somebody sub outside out. of the state. but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. And I always thought that I was going to, I thought I was going to marry somebody at college. Yeah. It was just bizarre. I didn't, I, I came up here for, to work a summer job and then met my wife. That was just weird to me. Yeah, that's how but, it works, man. But then, you know, then we get the job to come up here and then now we're, we're here, we're at church and it was like, you just, in hindsight, you see God yeah. just orchestrating everything. So. Yeah, and that's exactly, exactly that whole, whole spiel is exactly where I, felt the most just like like thinking back to that really like life-defining moment that drive home 20 years old you know went from making like more than i make now even is money works a little bit differently when you're in in you know upstate new york is compared to california but making just stupid money for a 20 year old um that like moment of just complete like panic and then realizing just like how much God worked that out and that like Becca came into my life a little bit stronger and in a great way. And now I got two, two daughters with her and now it's just kind of like, I just couldn't see them either way. Yeah. Whereas like some people, like I have a friend of mine named Don. I just love Don. Love Don. That was the best man at his wedding, but he and his wife started dating when they were in eighth grade. (laughs) They just like got married and now they're like killing it in the real estate game. Like Mm. they're just destroying it. And I just always knew that like they would be like, that power that couple, power couple yeah. yeah, like Mr. and Mrs. Incredible. Um, but anyway, so like I always just kind of feel like that's just how it works. Like you just you just grow up with someone, and that's yeah. the case, and and uh, 
you know, all power to him. I'm just like super thankful for how it worked out. Cause yeah. again, Beck and I met, I think in 2014. So gosh, seven years ago. Where at the Bible? Where yeah. Bible New Tribes Bible Institute in Jackson, Michigan. Jackson. I was only there for like five or six months. Mm. And, um, and I ended up moving back to California. And in that five or six month span, I met my wife. I didn't know it until years <laughs> later. And, uh, I always think that like, it must be so random for people that like I knew kind of growing up in Simi Valley that I haven't spoken to in years. And I was like, why, how, how in the world did Mason end up in, in Binghamton, New York? And who's this woman that he married that's from that area? He must've met her online. <laughs> so I always assume. <laughs> yeah. Like, met her on like Plenty of Fisher. <laughs> whatever like, <laughs> and they go like all night but no they met at new tribe bible too yeah yeah that is cool it's always great to look back and see all that stuff yeah forming. for sure so now um now you're here you bought a house yeah and one of the most compelling things um and one of the reasons why we're having you on today um is i'm curious to know about your ministry so you are the associate pastor or assistant pastor um pastoral assistant pastoral assistant yeah. my apologies right Assistant to the regional pastor. Yeah, assistant. Uh, so, but of an Anglican church. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never heard of an Anglican church prior to moving out here. Mm-hmm. Um, Who has? What? Who has? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but obviously a pretty fascinating thing um, mm-hmm. for me. And as I do a little bit more studying on it, it's a pretty interesting interesting thing. Everyone, what, what was the most interesting to me is that I know a lot of people who have spent a lot of time studying the word and and um, have been in the church for a long time, served in church for a long time. And when I asked them what they think about it, and I have over the last couple of weeks preparing to have you on, I've asked them like, hey, what are, what are your thoughts on Anglicanism or the Anglican church? Every single one of them had a different take. And I thought that was really interesting because like, it's, it's one thing for me to not have heard of them. That's no problem. But I've, I've asked pastors. I've asked people who have grown up in the church and have been the child of a pastor, who were married to a pastor, who were missionaries, um, all the types of people, and they all had a different take on Anglicanism. <laughs> and so right. so I thought it was, it was extremely interesting, and it's obviously something that could use a little bit more of an awareness push. So I'm, you know, I'm really interested in hearing more about that. Um, I guess my first question to you is when in your life, because I know you mentioned a little bit ago that it, your dad was a pastor at a, at a Baptist church, um, so when, at what point did you make the transition to being, um, an Anglican Christian? Is that the right word? Anglican, Anglican yeah, that's, Christian? That's is totally that a good term? fine. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it'd be the same as a Baptist Christian. You're a Christian, uh, who expresses your faith in the Baptist tradition. Yeah. Same thing, Christian, but I express my faith in the Anglican tradition now. Uh, no, I grew up Baptist, um, Southern Baptist in high school. Uh, we went to a non-denominational uh, I guess it was non-denominational, but it was a charismatic church. So all okay. my all four years of high school, dipped my feet in the uh, charismatic world, That's and fun. then yeah, and then in college I became a member of a Reformed Baptist church. So most of my uh, most of my time has been in the, in the Baptist tradition. Yeah. Went to Liberty, which is has its roots in the Baptist yeah, tradition. Yeah. Um, so yeah, most of, uh, most of my time has been in Baptist tradition and same with Angel. Angel grew up Baptist. Right. South of Milford, baby. Baptist. Yeah. And before that, another, a different Baptist church. And so, um, 
that, yeah, so she's always been that way too. And then in college, I think she, she went to a more non-denominational church. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, my, the summer I was up here for Arrowhead, uh, the program manager then at that time, uh, is now, who is now a, a assistant pastor with me at the church, um, he went to our church, uh, Church of the Good Shepherd, and uh, and so I went. Angel and I went uh, for one Sunday, one of the Sundays that we could actually get off um, and go. And uh, yeah, it was totally different. Yeah. I mean, just kind of shook me. I didn't really know how to how to deal with it, but I just I remember listening to the pastor and his preaching, and and just was just blown away at uh, his preaching. And so I, I I loved my time there. I obviously had questions, but at the yeah. same time, I wasn't invested in the area. I didn't know I was going to yeah. stay, so I didn't think too much about it. Then when we moved here, uh, I or before I moved here, I was meeting with my college pastor uh, at um, in Lynchburg, and we were he was trying to help me find a, a church up here. And have you ever heard of uh, Nine Marks? No. Mark Mark Dever. Uh, Capitol Hill Baptist in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, has an organization called Nine Marks. And they have, if you go to ninemarks.org, I think, uh, you can. they have like a church finder for any for okay. churches that uh, affiliate with Nine Marks. And the Nine Marks, Nine mm. Marks have a healthy church. And so mm. this is a book that Mark Dever put out. It's a really great book. And we, so we, we went there, we looked up, and there was two churches. There was a Baptist church and Church of the Good Shepherd. And I was like, hey, I know Church of the Good Shepherd. And so um, I, we know Tyler. Tyler was uh, the program manager. He was moving to go there. I was taking his job, actually. And so we were like, hey, let's just go there. We, we yeah. know them. We're close friends with them. Right. They remember the preaching. It's really good. Uh, you know, it's Anglican. We don't know anything about that, but let's go and, and learn. Yeah. So, we, so we went, and we were members there and uh, met with the pastor multiple times just to hash out some stuff and theology and the past three years have really been us just hashing all that stuff out um in this last year uh beginning of 2020 i started my job there as a pastoral assistant and uh really was for the sake of uh discerning if i Mm want to be one a pastor uh long term and two do i want to do that in the anglican tradition yeah uh and so i think we only recently um, have decided that we're, we're probably we're probably Anglican. Now, I, I think I've been Anglican my whole life. Interesting. Um, yeah. I, what do you mean by uh, that? Yeah, so um, it, it just felt like when I was there, I came home. It sounds like you're... Yeah. <laughs> sounds like so really 2020, 2021, I identified it. <laughs> like, I knew all along, you know. I knew all along, yeah. I yeah. just didn't know. I, yeah, I needed... You were um, born in, a, in an Anglican, or like... <laughs> In a non-Anglican body, but... You, right, you yeah, 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 exactly. And so it just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it just... It, 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 all, of the, all of the pieces fit whenever I was in, in this church. And yeah. uh, the questions that I had uh, in college um, just made sense in the Anglican church. And I realized, cool. okay, like I... Actually, these questions that I had in the Baptist church, I'm... Yeah, I, I've... I, I align myself more and have I think always without knowing it yeah. putting words to it have aligned myself with with um, the Anglican way and so uh, so yeah I just really felt like coming home uh, to be honest yeah Angel was a little different she it wasn't like that for her but yeah. she but she over time 
um, really felt again feel the same way. That's good. Was there any sort of because that that was one of my first thoughts is is that I know for for my wife and I if I like wanted to start like attending an Anglican church something that's like pretty different. I mean, super different. Yeah, it's really different from what her and I have both grown up with. Even like her home church of South of Milford was a lot different than what I was used to. Yeah. You know, I went I went there um, this last week and and I realized when I got there like oh I, I should have dressed differently. <laughs> I should have I had a plain black T-shirt on and I had like you know my tattoo sleeve out and I just immediately felt Covered a, couple, a few eyeballs not not a lot you know it wasn't wasn't it's not bad but I felt a few eyeballs on me and it was just kind of like oh, it's, it's different than what I'm used to yeah. and that's not the church we regularly go to but so so for your wife's transition was that was that difficult on you guys at all or was that something that she was was pretty open to like attending that church was it like what, what was that like I guess because I know yeah. for me it, w- it would probably be a, a mm-hmm. A difficult transition for Becca and I to make that decision as a, as a family, and maybe it's a little different because you guys probably made that decision before you guys had Sawyer. We did. So, um, so it wasn't a hard transition. Um, That's good. It, uh, yeah, it, that that wasn't hard. And but while we were there, we just didn't know if we were going to yeah. continue on. And so for the last few years, we've been thinking through and discussing. Okay. Like, where do we align? Because we do need, like, if I'm going to be a pastor, I do need to align with a certain yeah. uh, denomination. And and, and 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 it came to, it's either going to be Baptist or Anglican, yeah. really. Uh, you know, I we thought through, uh, not too much Lutheran, but we thought through Presbyterian. And um, and I, I do really well figuring these things out, reading and studying for yeah. birds discussion. We need to talk through it, right? Yeah. But we got to this point like last year uh, where we realized, okay, it's either Baptist or Anglican. And for me, I had to ask myself, well, what battles am I willing to fight? Because no matter whatever tradition, whatever tradition, whatever denomination mm-hmm. you go in, there are going to be battles you have to fight. And there's a lot of battles in the Baptist church that yeah. need to be fought. And there's a lot of battles in the Anglican church that need to be fought. And I got to this point where I wanted to align myself with Anglicans and fight those yeah. battles that need to be fought. Um, and so that was that for me. For her, obviously, it was the baptism question. So we were talking about baptism. And hmm. for the past three years, we've just been praying, reading Scripture, seeking God's uh, counsel and, and, and um, seeking counsel from uh, our pastor and from other people as well uh, to try and figure out that issue and that's been the issue that has been the, the longest right. time running huh. um and what element of baptism like what inf- infant baptism okay yeah. gotcha. um and so uh and actually it's interesting at our church the majority of people that go there are are, are uh, pretty baptistic and yeah. uh, actually come from a Baptist right. background, so um, so it is. It's great because we were we were in good company. We were mm-hmm. with people who also were wondering about that, right? And our, our and so we would meet with our pastor and think through these things. And I mean, and, and we we only recently um, only recently uh, put our our foot down on what we believe, and and mm. and and so now and after that doing that now we're like okay that like we're full blood anglican (laughs) so yeah it uh but that was really the the longest issue and we didn't fight about it um okay let me rephrase we did fight once but it wasn't about the issue Mm. it was about how we were discussing it so like i said i do really well with reading and studying and then presenting 
Okay. She needs to talk through things. Right. Whereas I was like, okay, well, I, I mean, I've already done the study. Like, and I'm yeah. presenting this thing to her and I'm preaching to her. Yeah. She's yeah. like, I don't, she doesn't respond to that. Like, yeah. she shouldn't. Um, and so she would call me, she called me out on it. She's like, I need to talk about this. I need to discuss this with you right. and think through these things together and, and have a give and take. Um, and I just wasn't off. I wasn't giving that to yeah. her and I was, I was being pretty insensitive. So, um, so then I, I backed off and we had really good conversations and then, yeah, so then it's been good, but we never really fought over the issue. Okay. Yeah. Cause we, okay. we've always been basically in the same, right. in the same boat. So one of the, one of the most compelling things that you just said to me <clears throat> there was, was the battles that mm-hmm. the Anglican church feels more aligned with maybe, or, or what, do you have an example of like one of those battles are? Cause I, yeah. I happen to think like there's a lot of battles that that the churches that the church I attend I wish battled more heavily. Mm. So I'm very curious to know like what, what like I, I hate to put you on the spot. You oh, went yeah. over an outline a little yeah. bit of some questions well, I'm, that you should be prepared for, but no, I'm curious no, about what what those battles are. Yeah. So um, well, first I, I should say that there's an ongoing uh, battle um, between. Uh, Anglicans and Episcopals. So Episcopalians are, uh, so the Anglican Church comes from the Church of England. Those who moved over to the States uh-huh. from the Church of England established the Episcopal Church. So they're okay. basically Anglican. Um, but the Episcopal Church, uh, well, really over time has undermined the authority of Scripture and then got to a place where they just didn't believe scripture was infallible. And so in about 2000, well, it was a long time coming, but 2007, eight or nine, one of those three years there, uh, the Episcopal church put their foot down and, and, and blessed, uh, homosexual unions and, um, and our church and uh, like many other, uh, churches, uh, split because of that Mm. and tried to fight against it. And then the, uh, but, um, they had to split over um, over it, and I mean, with our church, our pastor they lost their house, uh, wow. lost the building, everything, and um, and then we had to get the the new building. And I was just having lunch actually with a, a parishioner who um, who was there during the time, and uh, he was just talking to me wow. about all of the the just the intricate yeah like details of the story and it's 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 really sad but there's so there's kind of an ongoing battle there and there's there's some new anglicans that are coming into the the acna which is the anglican church in north america which was uh born out of out of that split uh-huh. um which by the way i'm probably going to say a ton of things wrong with the history and so if anyone <laughs> is yeah like no one knows what the anglican church is anyway but if one yeah. anglican does listen then you know yeah I, of, I the, of but, the like three people that will listen to this podcast <laughs> yeah I probably it. not gonna be anglican yeah. <laughs> um so uh so but there there are so there are some anglicans though um mm-hmm. that are coming into or well people from broader evangelicalism that are younger that are coming into the anglican church uh like me um and who are being ordained, who haven't been through that, weren't through that battle, didn't go mm-hmm. through that battle, and see uh, the split as something yeah. bad, right? When in reality, this, the division is good. When you divide yeah. from heresy, that's a good division. Right. Um, and so, of course, we'll align again with the, with the Episcopal Church if they repent. <laughs> yeah. And 
come back to the authority of the scriptures, of course. Right. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, but so that's one thing. There's there's uh, Anglicans that are coming in and, and younger Anglicans that are um, are just not seeing the importance of the split mm-hmm. and the division. Another thing would be, um, and this is, so that article I sent you, yeah. uh, where I talk a lot about the liturgy, which is which is beautiful and really helpful. The problem is there there are people coming into the Anglican Church because of that. Yeah. So because of the beauty of the service. Right. Which, listen, I love the beauty of the service in an Anglican Church. I think it's wonderful. I think we have the, the best order of a service. But that's not why you yeah. come. Because the, the scriptures don't say you need to have a beautiful order of yeah. your service. But they do say you need to preach the word. And so these these pastors, there's there's such a lack of strong biblical mm. preaching. And so that needs to be, there needs yeah. to be an investment in training men up to um, to preach the word. And the Anglican, and the Anglican tradition yeah. is is steep in strong uh, biblical preaching. Yeah. But just over time, uh, I think a lot of this happened because of the Episcopal Church. They started to undermine that. Yeah. There's still a little mm. bit of, like like the pastors that kind of came out of the Episcopal Church, still a little jaded and still have a little bit of that, or a lot of that yeah. Episcopalian attitude where gotcha. we'll give like a 10-minute homily and then we'll get, you know, we'll have like a 30-minute time with the Lord's Supper. Right. Where it's like, you need to, like you need to exposit the word for the people, mm. so that that I think is a huge battle, yeah. and that's a that's a battle that I'm I'm I want to be a part of yeah. and 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 and, and uh, fight. So uh, there's there's other ones, but I, I would say those are probably yeah. Does the, the ones does the Anglican Church use a, their own variation of the Bible, or is it like what do you mean, like oh so. Like Roman Catholics have their, they have the Bible, but they have other books in it. Yeah. No. No. That's good. Yeah. No. So yeah, I should say Anglicanism is Protestant. So yeah. So just like Presbyterian, mm-hmm. Lutheran, Baptist, Methodist, actually Methodist, Methodism came out of Anglicanism. Right. Um. Because uh, they they wanted to be more, uh, they're they're more missional, right? Which is which is right. good. Um. But. Uh, yeah, no. So Anglicans, I mean, you you read Anglican theology, and it's uh, yeah, it's okay. fully fully reformed, fully against Rome. Okay, <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, um, very cool. So, so one one thought I had is that as I was doing a bunch of research um, over the last week or so on your church specifically, I found a couple of your sermons. Mm. Um, first thing that stood out to me, of course, which is probably the first thing that maybe stood out to you when you first time it was Anglican church is the get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite, it's quite the get up. <laughs> the robes. Um, first of all, is that a real, real gold chain? Man, that's not real gold. No. Yeah. Okay. I wondered. I wondered. I was like, man. Nah. Man, that's like hip hop yeah, culture all over that. Yeah. So whenever I first uh, got the job, I, I was trying on the robe and I put on the the chain and I sent a picture to Angel and she was she was working with Mandy <laughs> and so yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what they thought too. That's yeah, awesome. Pretty, pretty um, so I guess where I'm going with that is is you know one of one of my biggest passions just in, in the way I was raised and and whatnot is you know, evangelism yeah. and and there's always the argument of of not softening yes. the gospel right. and and not making it not like 
conforming to a certain way to gather the most people. Yeah. Um, do you find, though, that in, in the evangelism for the Anglican Church that you guys struggle a little yeah. bit, um, being that it's it's a pretty, like... It's weird. It's a pretty radical... Um, I mean, even for me, like, I, you know, I grew up, I guess, mostly in a Baptist um, environment, probably a little bit more like you know, an evangelical church is, is the pastor. My, my dad's a pastor of that church. Um, and, you know, I grew up kind of more in, in Baptist, evangelical, non-denominational um, and it's, you know, not that, I mean, you have people that come in and it's, it's weird to see people all like singing in unison to lyrics. Um, right. but that's like one of the most difficult things for, for someone who maybe had never gone to church before, yeah. but the Anglican church is a whole new level of, yeah. of, I don't want to enter into a new realm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, I don't want to say necessarily discomfort is the right word but i have heard that word definitely when people use that word towards worship music like i'm uncomfortable yeah like everyone is singing in unison it's a very like like when you really look at it like to us it's totally normal but it's actually a really weird thing yeah to just everyone to be worshiping um in in the form of song but when you when you you know anglicanism is is a whole new level um and and do you find it difficult or do you think that is it pretty easy to transition people into that church so i don't have any uh personal example with that but that was a question angel and i had as well we were wondering well you know i mean people are going to come in here and just have so many questions right um but i i would say no to the broad question of it being uh difficult and and Partly because um, because of my uh, thinking about church, um, I so I, I think I think non-believers should feel uncomfortable in church. Um, yeah, and the reason fair. is because uh, they now this is going to sound bad. They they don't belong until they do belong, right? So right. they don't belong, and they should feel like they don't belong because. They don't believe in Christ. They don't yeah. worship God as they should. Um, and they should see other people worshiping God and that feel uncomfortable. And that and then that should lead them to asking, okay, what sure. what's going on? And yeah. and the Holy Spirit uses the Holy Spirit then uses that to to bring people right. in. Um but but yeah, my, my philosophy is uh that you preach the word, let the let the Holy Spirit um, convict the sinner and bring them to repentance and faith. Um, and then there's, um, different expressions of the same faith, Mm -hmm. you know? So if someone is like, well, you know, this is a little weird for me. I can't really do this. Then it's like, that's fine. Let's find a church for you. That is going to feel more comfortable, you know? Um, but at the same time, I, what I like about the Anglican church, when I should say this too, though, even in the Anglican church, there's a high church and a, and a more low church kind yeah. of view. So like the more low church, you won't see as many like vestments where they're wearing robes. You won't see like like crucifers or acolytes. You won't see processions. Like it's, it's a little bit more stripped, yeah. right? Um, which I think I'm, I'm more towards. I'm more, uh, Angel and I think that if wherever we ever go and plant a church, it'll be more of a low, low yeah. Anglican church. Um, but what I, what I think is good with the, even with the high churches, um, there is a sense of awe and reverence Mm. that I think is lost in a lot of churches where, where you go and you, you worship and 
it's almost like um, you can just go right from worshiping God, the triune God of the universe, to, you know, the restaurant, you know, next door. And, and nothing feels different, right? Yeah. And so um, what I like about the Anglican church is, is, is when you go in there, you, you know something's different. And you yeah. and, and, and the, the, the elements of worship are there to bring you to awe and reverence. Yeah. But then the beautiful thing is, is you don't, you fear God, but you don't have to be afraid of God, right? Yeah. You come to him right. because he is awesome. And because he's great and lofty, you come to him because you're a sinner and you, and yeah. he receives you. And so, yeah, yeah. I think there are, there are like the way you say that immediately brings me to like, just like the on reverence of what it must've been like for, for Moses to take the burning mm. bush and just like remove your sandals, you're on holy ground. And just right. like, what a, like a shock and awe moment that is. And so I, I totally, yeah. totally get that. I think that's, um, I think that a lot of society is, is so drawn away or like mm-hmm. just so like set in their ways that is probably like really shocking for a lot of them. So it is interesting to hear your take on it because, you know, I think of, of, you know, inviting people to church and, you know, you, you almost feel uncomfortable for them because they're probably curious. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. like, you know, Oh man, we felt that so many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so we go to a, you know, we go to, we go to Bridgewater, which mm-hmm. is a, you know, it's, it's the history of the church is Baptist. Um, and it's, uh, it's a great church. Um, and, and, but it's a lot more progressive in right. that. More non-denominational. Kind yeah. Of yeah. So, you know, you go there, and and you know, what I love about it is that is that they're they, you know, Pastor Bob, um, which has been who, who we've you know gone to his church in Montrose the most. Um, he uh, he's not afraid to touch touchy subjects, and mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that like I think my dad will probably listen to this um, this episode, and and because uh, I think he he's interested in it as well. He's one of the people I asked like, hey, what are your thoughts on on Anglicanism? And again, he gave me a completely different take than the rest of the people said. But I think what you know, when I think of my dad and his preaching style is he is like to like, he preaches the word like, like to the nail. Like that's all he focuses on. And even like, as I was going through, through your sermons on, on your guys' website, it did actually remind me of like my dad's sermon archives, because, you know, as opposed to say Bridgewater, for instance, you'll see a sermon. It has like a catchy title to it. It talks about a life issue. I think those are important in their own way. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that churches rally around certain life issues. Like in a way, I actually do think it's important that churches talk about like all the crazy political things that happened mm-hmm. yeah, you in 2020. Cause we have to learn as a church, mm-hmm. how do we carry ourselves? And I've got my own thoughts on that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but where, like, where my dad is really similar with, with you and with maybe the Anglican church is that like the first thing I think in, in the sermon archives on your guys' website is like, you know, Pastor Jonathan Groves talks through, and I think the one I, I watched was like Isaiah, okay, but it yeah. covered like several chapters of Isaiah. If I'm not, if I'm mistaken, it was, yeah, it was a weird. It was a, it was in the, yeah, it was a, it was a weird uh, division. It was sixty two ten or sixty one yeah. ten into sixty two five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so but my, my dad is the same way. Is that my when when my dad preaches is he's working through multiple books sometimes of the Bible and he's going over, he, he, he's the kind of pastor where like when he's not talking, all you hear is pages flipping in the congregation because everyone's yeah. trying to keep up with him and his yeah. Bible. And that's a really great thing. And I, I almost thought to myself that if my dad wasn't a pastor, he should be an educator at like a, 
Christian college or university because he loves teaching just like the core of the Bible, Good. which is really great. So I think that he's going to really appreciate hearing hearing that, that um, you guys are really just focusing on, on the word and it's like raw yeah. sense. Yeah, that's, you know, I mean, that's what scripture says. It says yeah. to the pastors to, to preach the word. He needs to be able to, the the job of a pastor is in, in Titus 1. It says he, the elder needs to um, be able to teach correct doctrine and refute false doctrine, right? That's yeah. the job of the pastor. And I think, you know, when you are, when you teach through, the, why, why I think the best way of teaching is, um, is, um, um, is, expository and, and yeah. going through a book is that when you go through a book, you, you are, you are preaching and, and heralding, well, you're always heralding the gospel, um, cause it's all about the gospel, but you are, you are, um, teaching God's word. And when you're teaching God's word, like that's, that is relevant. And yeah. that's always going to touch. It's, sure. it's, 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 um, uh, it never changes. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't progress with the culture, but it always, always uh, addresses the culture because as you're in in right. that, um, God's word is is speaking, and 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 it's what's God. It's, it's God's word is what uh, awakens dead hearts and brings people to faith. Yeah. And so, yeah, we we move through books. So we're in John right now, and um, now in the Anglican Church, um, we're kind of a unique. Church, not we're not the only one, but um, and this is where I say this is a battle that needs to be fought. Every Anglican church needs to be preaching like Good Shepherd is. Every Anglican yeah. church, every Anglican pastor needs to be preaching yeah. the word. Um, but um, there are uh, there are churches that do more, like I said, like ten to fifteen minute homilies, or you know we have a lectionary which um, follows throughout the church calendar, and so there'll be different texts every Sunday, and we read those texts. Um, and so I actually, whenever I've pr- preached, I've preached the, the gospel text of the lectionary because I'm not okay. going through the book that our pastor is going through. Right. Um, but, uh, there are some churches that will just preach through the lectionary, right? Which the lectionary is built to have the church go through the whole Bible together. So it is right. sort of, uh, like going through a book, but there are churches that, you know, in the Anglican world that are not preaching the word right. that, that, um, w- that need to, um need to so gotcha. yeah that's fascinating man mm-hmm. so one one thing i think is really important that i don't think we really like established as we're talking through this is that when i first found out that that you were um, anglican my first thought was not what you expect <laughs> my first thought was oh that's cool what's that anyway on to the next <laughs> topic yeah. of conversation wait when was that i don't um i i think it was one of our bachelor mondays you shared that with me wait. I, no, I don't think it was. No, no, I remember it. We had uh, Zach and Amanda over, and oh, that's right. And, I, and something came out. Uh, I think I think Angel may have said that I wear a robe. Yeah, and Amanda that's was right. like, "What? Yeah. Wear a robe?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we're Anglican." <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That I remember that because it got my wheels turning a little bit, but yeah. not not fully. But I think the really important thing that we understand is, is obviously we talked a lot about. You know, you read from from the Bible, and all of that—that's great. A lot of people teach from the Bible, and a lot of people have have different interpretations of it that that are wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's not even necessarily that I'm going to say it's my opinion that they're wrong. It's that <clears throat> I genuinely think they're wrong, yeah. Because there is no opinion in in when it comes to the Bible, yeah. Right, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I think it's important that 
as as we spoke and as we you know conversated, I learned really quickly that that you know just like I do, we believe that you know God created heavens and the earth. That you know we are sinners that are incapable of 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 living life without sin, and, and because of that, we need Jesus mm-hmm. and 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 God sacrificing His own Son yeah. for for our sins that we can want to go to heaven and be with Him. I think it's really important that we establish that <laughs> is that. Yeah, I got an Anglican guy on here. It's crazy. It's cool, and then <laughs> and then he's gone, and then, and it's really important that people understand that um, the Anglican Church is is uh, it's a, a really actually really it really is a beautiful um, beautiful thing. I, I did study it quite a bit. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't I don't think it's for me. Um, oh yeah, it's but not um, for a lot. <laughs> it's, it's certainly not for me. But I think it, I think there is something really really great about um, uh, of different forms of worship in, in a way that. Really, any way you can connect with the Lord is really important, mm-hmm. and and so, but it's really important to me that people understand that um, the Anglican Church is is right on with, um, and you said it's really close to Baptist, and it is in that you know um, it is a grace um, understanding church, and and you know, I think there's things that I probably would disagree For sure. on on some yeah. of the challenges, like you know I have a lot more of um, of a liberal attitude towards homosexuality, mm-hmm. in that it is. I personally believe that it is much of a sin, um, as, as my struggle with coveting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I believe that, you know, people who live a homosexual lifestyle are, are just as lost as I am and in mm-hmm. need of a savior as I am. And there's, you know, and, and I think you'd, you'd agree with that for the most part. Um, and, uh, so there are, there are things that I think I probably view a little bit differently, but it's really important to me that it's mentioned at least on this podcast that, <laughs> that yeah. um, <clears throat> Because of, and I think I mentioned it to you, I'm not going to say this person's name on the podcast, but I did mention to someone that like, oh yeah, John, John's an Anglican pastor. And, and their first question was like, John's not saved? Like... <laughs> so I, yeah, I, this is, this is uh, really one of the great sins in evangelicalism is, uh, is a lack of understanding of one church history and yeah. other denominations. I think we yeah. get into our own little denomination and we don't right. actually, we don't actually understand what other denominations believe. Um, yeah, like, cause I, like with this person, uh, that you're talking about, um, bringing up something like, I don't know if this person actually brought it up. Um, but just the aside, like, mm. well, you know, does he believe, you know, Jesus is God? It's like, well, even Roman Catholics believe Jesus is God. Yeah. Right. And so Mormons believe. It, Mormon. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, actually they don't, they're uh, a God. Um, yeah. but, um, they believe in something. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, there's just, there's no, we get into our little bubbles and we, we forget yeah. that, um, there are other expressions, different expressions of the same faith. It's yeah. the same faith. Absolutely. And the state, the, that our, I mean, our statement of faith is the 39 articles and you, you look up the 39 articles and, other than I think, uh, like a few things, you would you would probably be like, yeah, I agree with all that, because mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's fully reformed and Protestant, and um, yeah, it's just but but people don't yeah don't know yeah I think I think that's it's it's actually really typical to to our culture today is is people are uncomfortable with being uncomfortable and mm-hmm. and understanding that there are um, a lot of ways to do things and and that's okay um, yeah. but I think that the important thing is that. We both recognize that we are two sinners saved by grace, and that's exactly. it's, you know we're both exactly. You know, um, yeah, we go our... on Sunday to worship Christ, who 
came and died for our sin, right? Like yeah. that's that's what we come to do. And you know, if if you know, we when we do that, we have a little bit more involved okay. in our service to help us do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, John, um, you know, I, I want to thank you for for swinging by, Man. coming on. Uh, I mean, obviously, I've been looking forward to this for a really long time, and uh, I need to move that. Yes, you're, you're the first the first person. I'm real in this. skinny, so I can actually yeah. fit into this little spot. But yeah, I have I have messed with this. A yeah, well, you're the first person to be in this this set. Oh, really? Um, last time I recorded, it was like right in, against that wall, um, and I've recorded two that way. And so you're the first to be in this set. I like this a little bit better. Yeah, um, it's a little better for yeah, this the. Is nice. I like it. Yeah, it's cozy. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah, I, I, again, I just want to thank you a lot for coming on. Um, you know, it's, this is a ton of fun for me. Um, I love just getting to know different. I mean, just like you mentioned that you just love the new adventures and the new yeah. things. I love just hearing like like new things that I don't understand before. Um, you know, I have an episode that will release, I think, either before or after this, one of the two of, of you know, just talking to a former Amish guy. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I just had so much fun. Like, I'm excited to listen to that. Yeah, because yeah. you know how much I love reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> and I could go on and how much I love reality TV. And have you seen? Um, I asked everyone this question because it's the best. Have you seen One Thousand Pound Sisters? Man, no, I'm not, <laughs> even, I'm not even heard of that. What is that? It's exactly what you think it is. Would be googling. Yeah, One Thousand Pound Sisters. Tammy and Amy Slayton in uh, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. One is six hundred and four pounds, and the other one is four hundred and. 10 pounds, something like that to start, started out, but it's essentially about their weight loss journey. And, um, it's, there are so many quotable <laughs> moments and it's, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's a sitcom in a way, but it's a reality show. And yeah. it's, um, if you ever want to glimpse into the total depravity of man, <laughs> it's reality TV. <laughs> I disagree. I think if you want to look at the greatest, the greatest people of the country. <laughs> you look at Tammy and Slate, but Becca and I will just be around the house. And there's one scene from the most I think one, a couple episodes ago for a thousand pound sisters on Monday at Mondays at ten. It's a plug for thousand pound sisters. But the the six hundred pound one. Um, her name is Tammy, and she's so big. She's got like um, fat coming out of her forehead. Like it's Tammy. just gnarly Tammy, but Tammy. but they're they're all sitting around the couch, right? And and Tammy's complaining about something because Amy won't do something for her because she's almost better than pretty much, but she goes like, try being my size, Amy. <laughs> I can't do the laughing. But back and I look at this to each other all the time, and she goes, try, try being my size, Amy. You don't know how it is. There's still stuff you can do. You want to be a big baby at everybody. About everything, I'm not the baby. Oh my god, you're the baby. Wait, but in the show, they're trying to lose weight. Yeah, I mean that's commendable. Yeah, they're trying to lose weight. They're trying to make. They actually, they have like kind of like a sad bring up, and and you start to like understand like the psyche behind someone that can let themselves go like that. Oh well, yeah, there's um, there's definitely something other than just a. Yeah, but I love I love those two women, dude. <laughs> I, I'm gonna send them Christmas cards. I want to invite them over for the holidays. <laughs> they're like they're so funny. Um, but yeah, Becca and I just quote them all the time, and and oh I, I gotta I gotta send you a couple episodes because it's like <laughs> do it yeah it's wait so, what is it through can you watch it through Hulu or um do you have cable or no, a no. streaming service of any kind we have Netflix and Hulu who you have Hulu TV or now just regular Hulu what's the difference we just have Hulu okay well there's Hulu like live app. TV 
Oh no. Okay. No, I don't think we have that. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, you actually you might actually be able to watch it on Hulu because really? I think TLC might go through Hulu, and so you might be able to watch it. <laughs> go watch. I'll look it up. I'm yeah. Look it up. And uh, let me know what you think. Yeah. Because there's just some parts where I don't remember how where we got here. I don't know how we got to where we're talking about a thousand pounds. I don't either. But it's but great. There's one part where they have to go to like a junkyard. <laughs> they have to go to a junkyard to weigh themselves because they're so big they can't get on a regular scale. So they go to this junkyard. They get like <laughs> they get on this industrial scale, and it's it's not funny. I should laugh, but again, this I mean, it's a little funny. That's why they're yeah. That's why they're doing the it. Show, that's right. right. So they get on this scale. So the girl weighs in. She looks at her weight, and, and you know she gets a little emotional. But but in her emotion, instead of just being like an emotional where you feel guilty for watching this almost, she has to make it hysterically funny. And she's like, "When I see my number on that." On that scale, I feel like that Mac truck right there. <laughs> she points at this huge truck. <laughs> and it's just like. Well, Tammy. <laughs> yeah, it's. Oh my gosh, that show. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. But well, I am going to go watch. Yeah. Some thousand go watch sisters. Thousand Pound Sisters. They're yeah. down to probably like, maybe like 900 Pound Sisters now. Okay. Um, Amy, Amy. So they're losing weight, but they're also trying to lose weight to get the gastral bypass surgery. Oh, do you have so, to be at a certain Yeah, you have to be at a certain weight. But also, the doctors will only do it if you show that you're willing to put in the work to lose the weight. Yeah, I that think. makes sense. So, so one doctor said, like, okay, if we're going to do this, I, you have to prove me that you can lose this weight and stay on top of it and make a real lifestyle change. Yeah. And so, but I'll give you a hint. One of these ladies is pregnant. <laughs> That's what he She doesn't know. No, well, no, she, she, doesn't. she doesn't know until, it's, until she finds out. And it's, it's really funny almost, because she she like puts here. a cast mold of her in the most recent episode. She puts a cast mold of her stomach as a memento, but I was like, you can't tell that you're pregnant from that. Like you're just you're too big. <laughs> yeah. You just, Anyways, I might cut all of this out because I don't know how we got here. But <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to go back and I really can't. I yeah. really can't think of the transition. Yeah, me neither. Anglicanism and obesity. Right. That's the name of this episode. But. Thing. <laughs> John, thanks again so much for coming yeah, on. Thank you. Um, for really appreciate me. it. I want to give you a moment um, to push anything um, or or give a shout out or uh, you know if you want to put any plugs in for for what you got going on. I know you talked about um, you're gonna be doing a couple podcasts yourself with uh, another pastor at your church, I believe. Yeah, a couple of your friends. I know we we talked a while ago about doing a podcast. Yeah. Never really came to materialize. I think I and I'm okay with that. Because I think we have a little bit of a different style. For sure. And yeah, uh, and I need a more creative control. Yeah. No, I, don't, I, I, don't control I respect that. that. <laughs> I respect that 100%. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll, I'll just plug one of those podcasts because it relates. So, yeah, my pastor and I, we're going we're gonna to be starting a podcast. Our first recording is in two weeks. Great. And um, we are going to be exploring, uh, well, not really exploring, really being more of a resource um, for pastoral ministry and theology Great. from a Reformed Anglican perspective. And so, um, yeah, it's going to... My goal with this podcast is... Uh, is f- One of my goals um, is to really have it be uh, a resource for people in broader evangelicalism yeah. to understand Anglicanism more, to understand the Anglican thought and yeah. um, ethos. And then also, uh, I mean, to maybe uh, plant a seed of desire for people to come over to the Anglican Church, because we really do need uh, men to invest in the uh, faithful preaching of the Word uh, and to continue that legacy in the Anglican world. 
Um, so yeah, that, that podcast, uh, hopefully will be dropping, um, in a few months or so. Great. Um, and yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited. You have a name for it yet? We do. It's, uh, so, uh, Thomas Cranmer mm-hmm. is, um, the, uh, English reformer. Okay. Um, so he's, he's our Luther, he's our John Calvin. Um, and so, uh, it's going to be called the Cranmer Fellows. Okay. Yeah. Cranmer Fellows. Um, I won't know for sure, but you can look that up, the Cranmer Fellows on all sorts of different podcast platforms. Go yeah. definitely check that out. I know I will, um, cause I'm all sorts of interested in it. I'm going to make it for you. All right. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Well, hey, thanks again, John. Really appreciate it. And, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks.